Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Business Travel on the Fly podcast. My name is Rich Johnson, Global Head of Solutions Group, and I'll be your host. Today, we're talking about sustainable aviation fuel, commonly known as SAF, with the aim at looking at the future of SAF and whether we're on the cusp of its use, truly taking off on a significant scale. Sustainability has risen to the top of the CEO agenda with many companies already setting themselves ambitious sustainability goals and developing corresponding decarbonisation strategies. One of the key measures being discussed in the aviation industry is the potential of sustainable aviation fuel. For common understanding, SAF isn't a single type of fuel, but rather is a collective name for different fuels that are derived from two main sources, energy from plants known as biofuels, and energy from recycling or e-fuels. The various sources of SAF from within these two groups have differing beneficial impacts towards carbon neutrality. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Heinrich Langer or Henry to his friends. Henry is both the Senior Director for Sales in Northern Europe at Lufthansa and also the Head of Global Account Management for EMEA. So big welcome to you, Henry. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Rich, for having me. Very excited to be here. Fantastic. Uh, Henry, why don't I kick us off? SAF still only really accounts for a small proportion of commercial aviation fuel. I think in 2019, only around 200,000 tonnes were produced globally, which for context is less than 0.1% of fuel consumed in the sector. We hear a lot about regulatory pressure being necessary in the form of increased cost of carbon and blending mandates as maybe being the catalyst for greater adoption of SAF. And indeed, earlier this year, President Biden backed incentives for sustainable aviation fuel as the industry looks to cut emissions. Do you think we're on the cusp of SAF truly taking off? Well, Rich, uh, one way to answer this could be we have to be. The industry, uh, as you rightfully say, has committed to an, to an ambition of net zero by 2050. And according to Yatta projections, 65% of this reduction in 2050 will be coming from employing SAF. Um, I guess the other and more elaborate way to, to answer is, is that if we look at this year, I think we can witness how the topic of SAF and CO2, CO2 reductions in aviation is further moving down from the overarching corporate level strategies. And it is more and more materializing also very tangibly in the client supplier relationship. For example, this year, I see that that for um, our SME platform, Partner Plus Benefit, for example, we started an MVP of offering our uh, SME customers to use their points collected against the purchase of SAF. In an MVP setup, it was a very manual uh, process, including the account managers, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, we've implemented um, it as an automated request, simply as other awards, awards available on, on the platform. Similar example on the in the B2C space, um, we're currently trialing in Scandinavia green fare bundles on our.com so that besides, you know, those, those usual bundles that, that all of us airlines have and, you know, bag, no bag, et cetera, there's a green bundle that's rather focusing on, do you want to invest partially in SAF or compensation? So I think what I mean with that is, I think this year we truly see that we are making the topic much more accessible to um, to the customer and and therefore driving driving the machine and change forward because in the end as massive as the transformation is not only 
for the whole industry, but also let's say if we just focus on commercial relations and sales processes, etc. In the end, to me, it, it comes down to the very basics of fruitful business relationships. You identify a customer need. So in our case now, um, a, a corporate, for example, re wanting to reduce the CO2 footprint um, of travel and probably proving this to its employees, investors, and potentially tax authorities. And then you as supplier trying to find an, an offer that fulfills that need. And that would be SAF contracts and, um, uh, for example, externally audited scope-free emission certificates that, that are quite important to corporates these days. And I think these are things we have not seen before as much as the topic of sustainability um, obviously is, um, is, is with the aviation industry for quite some time. Mm. And, and it's interesting you mentioned the, the the targets that corporates have there. I'm interested to know your thoughts on whether there's a, a degree of impatience uh, and ambition from within your customer base to achieve net zero that is is driving the momentum for greater adoption of SAF as overall demand for business travel returns since the COVID pandemic. I mean, it, it is definitely... Um one of the big topics on both sides of the table you can definitely feel that that the return to business travel after the pandemic has has also brought up very prominently the question of and how do we do it in a sustainable manner um i think though also what you still see is that um a, a lot of companies obviously are also still in the development of how do maybe their overarching uh, sustainability strategies how do they operationalize it and break it down, you know, into their um, divisions and, and, and departments? And, and for us, obviously, you know, in aviation, most important then, how does it break down into travel management? Mm. Do they, these departments, you know, still steer by, you know, cost optimization? Or do, do we suddenly have a discussion about um, travelers being steered, for example, by carbon budget? So I think this is indeed something that's also in the making um, for, for, for both parties and where the conversation that we're that we're having very intensively um, is so important because we our customers need to understand the solutions that we're working on. At the same time, we need to exactly understand those processes um, that, that travel management departments are doing. How do they want to implement it with their, with their, um, within their organization? Mm. Absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's a great point. And thinking about SAF as a, as a catch-all solution for the industry, it's been said that when you think about the viable alternatives to to flying, uh, SAF is 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 less impactful, if you like, when as it relates to short haul. But when we think about medium and long haul flights, outside of offsetting, SAF is really the aviation industry's only reduction mechanism available for decarbonisation. So, the question I'd have for you there is: Do you think that SAF is the only solution to deliver a cleaner aviation solution in the immediate term? Yeah, I think specifically if you ask about immediate term, um, I think we still need to put a spotlight on the massive investments that are being uh, done in um, new aircraft and, and fleet overhauls. So for the Lufthansa Group, that topic, for example, means that still until 2030, where we will be receiving 175 new aircraft, uh, partially orders that, that we've did, that we put down, you know, in the middle of the worst crisis during during the, the pandemic. Um, so and as we know, usually new aircraft 
reduce fuel consumption and hence also emissions of you know up to 30% compared to older aircraft and actually in this time frame uh, fast also 50 older aircraft will completely leave the fleet um so i think this also if you think about impact you know the 30% that i was re referring to um, but also in terms of simply money spent this is still one of the um key immediate term measures that are being taken but obviously as you will not be buying again a new aircraft because probably there's not a completely new um, generation available in five years again, this kind of effect, you know, does does not carry you through far enough. And I think this is exactly why there's so much focus indeed on, on the um, topic of uh, SAF. And maybe, maybe here, maybe it's a good point also to, to just briefly check on the, you know, the pros and cons of, of SAF. And I think you, you alluded to some of them already. I think what we also need to mention um, here, I think the clear pro argument of SAF is also that it, that it is a so-called drop in fuel. So it uses the same infrastructure. It can be burned with the same engines that we're running today. So it is actually perfectly fit for this gradual increase of SAF availabilities, and then hence also will lead to this gradual reduction of CO2 that, that we want to see. The current con is obviously, and, and you, you mentioned the figures in your intro, um, current production is still very low and hence also simply availability, but also price premiums are an issue because currently SAF is still significantly um, more expensive than traditional fuel. But I think here on, on that point and on that con argument, it, it's I think for me, especially here when we talk about business travel and let's say have commercial discussions, I, I would really say this is also where we as business travel community on both sides of the table play a key role to shape exactly these kind of products and programs uh, around stuff on what we want to do. And by that, send a clear signal of demand and 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 i think you know just by the rules of uh ec economics you know this should be um attracting investments into production but also further um innovation yeah and you know the cost is, is a very interesting one as you're probably aware cwt released its uh, global travel forecast for 2023 and within that there were significant cost increases forecast for the sector uh, for the whole of this year and also in, into next, driven by a number of inflationary things. And, you know, with the with the cost of production of SAF potentially inf influencing the, the price points that the airlines then have to make available, uh, there is the argument, I suppose, that companies would be maybe less demanding, but I'm sensing a, a general growth in appreciation of how contributing to sustainable initiatives such as SAF actually has much broader returns on investment for organizations as it relates to you know their contribution to their own supply chains and becoming suppliers of choice to their own customers in some respects as well but the one thing that i'd like to pick up on is with regard more to the data and the reporting that comes out of this one of the challenges that i'm hearing a lot about is people uh, want to be able to know if they are booking a seat on a flight that that seat is going to be flown using sustainable aviation fuel to some degree. Uh, and I think that's because the targets around sustainable travel are more ingrained than ever into strategies and policies. So, so what would you say about our ability as an industry to transparently indicate SAF flight data at point of purchase and to be able to report clearly to enable customers to make those cleaner choices and measure their carbon footprint? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, important point. Let me maybe briefly, uh, Rich, just on the point of you know price sensitivity and and development. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a, co- a comment on 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 that point again, because obviously sure. you're, you're you're right with the uh, with the costs and that this could be. Um, you know, also a deterring factor uh, for some, but that's why I would come back a little bit to the principles I, I, I mentioned earlier, and basically in sales with with anything that that you sell and discuss with a customer. If if a company has identified for themselves within their own sustainability strategy that it is of value and of importance to reduce the travel and Air travel um, related CO two footprint. I think then then you you might actually isn't it great that we can deliver to that need already today? Because even if the overall numbers of stuff sound small, in those case by case developments of talking to a specific corporate customer and saying I can deliver um, enough stuff for you to compensate your specific footprint and you receive a certificate for that that you can use for example towards tax authorities your investors whatever it is that's that's again i feel you know i i rather would like to see it a little bit positive as much as i see the price discussion um an issue for the for this upscaling but on the bilateral individual um uh, you know, relation. Let's also celebrate that we can have those discussions already today in 2022. Um, so, you know, I think that that's that's um, just maybe a, a comment on that. While obviously the 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 price um, development, like you said, is is completely true. Um, now, and let's 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 stick in that in that scenario. So you had the discussion on yes, the value is there on both sides. There is a commitment on let's let's do something um, on this. And um, now the question, like you say, is like, well, how do you get it in? Because suddenly you have completely different parameters um, uh, in in the game, like calculating CO two footprints of certain travel and then linking. Um, the corresponding uh, compensation product to it, for example. And I think the good thing here in my eyes is that this question, again, is not unique to aviation, right? I think we all know from the past couple of years that the the term of carbon footprint of pretty much anything we do nowadays is, is all around us. So I think we see also when it comes to calculations, etc., that this is not we, we don't need to rely on on aviation knowledge only, but also the tech and and um, startup scene can can come into play. So again, for 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 us um, in Berlin, we have a Lufthansa um, Innovation Hub since a couple of years, and um, the guys there also. Um, uh, developed for us our com- own compensation platform with an algorithm uh, behind. It was uh, a co- collaboration with 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 my climate um, as a provider um, uh, behind. But in the meantime, we actually founded an own company from this, which is um, called Squake. And they basically their their business model is exactly they offer an API with an algorithm that does calculation of CO2, not only on air tra- of air travel, but any type of, of travel, also including hotel stay. Um, cal- so calculate the footprint and also have access and link it directly um, to a vast amount of different um, compensation options, including also the um, procurement of SAF. And they can implement it via an API to a customer's um, uh, system landscape, however they want to um, do it quite flexibly. So these are guys are not, you know, aviation Lufthansa experts for 20, since 20 years. And I, I don't want to discredit uh, our expertise there. But what I'm just trying to say is 
there is innovation ideas outside and we, we really need to tap those um, um, those those minds also outside of the aviation industry to deliver solutions to some of our challenges. Yeah, what a, what a fantastic point. And it, it leads us very nicely into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, Henry. So I think from the discussion so far, we can agree that there is a a very strong role that SAF needs to play, and we can probably expect an accelerated growth trajectory for the next few decades, certainly. Um, but beyond that, there's technology and, and innovation, which is going to play a more prominent role uh, in the in the longer term. So thinking, for example, about aircraft technology improvements, new generation aircraft, uh, and how and how early retirements could could increase technology contribution. So beyond SAF, there are several broad opportunities for carbon reduction across the industry, such as more efficient aircraft design, as I mentioned, but also smarter operations, the develop of, development of technologies like electrification. Mm -hmm. From what you see at Lufthansa and, and in your role, what's your view in terms of what will succeed SAF? So what comes after or in parallel to SAF? Yeah, I think maybe before we jump to the SAF alternatives, let's let's maybe br briefly touch on the top topic of SAF types again. And I think in your intro, you also already um, came to that. But I, but I think it's also now a little bit when you ask about a time, um, you know, or the the development over time in in the next years. I think it's still important to look in, into this because this will will change. Current SAF types, as you say, I mean, mostly come from you know some sort of feedstock biomass, used cooking oils, etc. And I think it's also there quite important to also familiarize um, yourself with the, for example, the EU RED standard that certifies certain providers that, that produce their stuff without causing any other issues like deforestation or competition with soup, food supply. So obviously, again, like everything in this world, we see the complexities of, um, um, of of you know topics like this but the next big step is power to liquid as you say we're also you know in investments and and research is being done and one example that i always really like to use because i just find it so uh, also technically fascinating is that we um with with swiss international airlines we will actually be launching customer of synhelion and they are developing the technology to, to bring uh, the production of synthetic fuel to industry scale that is produced just with carbon water and sunlight so nothing else is 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 needed to um, produce fuel um which by the way also um i think there are projections um out there that would say that um SAF based on biomass would simply not be um available uh, enough to really reach those targets that we or usage that we foresee for 2050 so i think that's maybe just something to highlight again you know that really, like you already said in the beginning, SAF is not equal SAF and um, already there, the differentiation and, and kind of future technology um, starts. But coming back to your actual question of alternative um, designs, yeah, I mean, hydrogen, I think, um, a super interesting technology because it would be true no emission flying. But I think the big challenge here simply, and and again, that's, that's why I think it's still something um, that we cannot avail so quickly is that it it requires completely different infrastructure because of the storage of hydrogen, not only in the aircraft, uh, actually. So it's not only aircraft design um, um, uh, issue at hand, but also, you know, how to store it at um, uh, at an airport, for example. So again, you know, the main difference to the pro that we set on SAF for SAF 
um, being drop-in for hydrogen. That's that's not the case. But also there, um, uh, Lufthansa Technik is uh, in in Hamburg. There is a trial also with the city of Hamburg and 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 other players. Um, you know that that are starting to look like how could that look like and where we have old um, decommissioned A320 that is used for um, for exactly these these uh, well the exploration of of this technology and I think electric um, I mean also here I think the clear statement electric aircraft and electric flying will come but um, it will be again in the short or in, in the in the time frame until 2050 where we where we look at becoming um, carbon neutral. Um, it will simply be a um, viable for short haul flying. So um, current battery technology is the limiting factor there in terms of um, uh, weight and and volume. So um, I think these will all be topics, right? That that are relevant for us. But you, you're completely right. The focus is still that's why very much on stuff. But apart from those things on um, you know aircraft design, so really the the big innovations. I'm really also always intrigued by all those smaller innovations that are out there and all those ideas that in the end, you know, in some all contribute their bit. Uh, my highlight there, for example, is that together with BASF, um, all of our um, cargo 777s are equipped with AeroShark. And AeroShark is a foil that is inspired by real shark skin and improves the um, airflow uh, around the aircraft and hence reduces the emissions. Um, and that's actually, you know, reducing emissions equivalent to over 100 flights between Frankfurt and Shanghai uh, a year. So I, I really like those examples as well, because sometimes we talk about those big scale investments, but it's really also about the multitude of um, innovation in the sector. And also there, uh, just to, to exactly bring that together in 2021, um, the Lufthansa Group has founded um, the Clean Tech Hub, and which, which is a competence center for climate protection technologies, and um, is aiming to uh, bring our own aviation and know-how together with impulses from the global startup and science scene. And it's, for example, you know, regularly performing um, pitch days for innovators and and hear from them and potentially collaborate um, with those ideas all, over the years. And you know. Really, this multitude of ideas in the end, um, in my eyes at the moment, is at least what, what is doing the trick and is moving us forward. Wonderful. Wonderful. And it's great to see Lufthansa really seems to be taking a, a lead role in that. So thank you very much, Henry. So we, we've heard there synthetic fuel has a has a big future, hydrogen as a, an alternative emission-free fuel source. But there is a, a requirement for different infrastructure, which which needs to be taken into account there. We think electrification of aircraft is is on the way but primarily that's going to benefit more of the more of the short haul due to battery limitations and what a wonderful uh, story about aeroshark uh, the airflow taken from from shark skin so uh, i agree with you the small innovations are sometimes the uh, the most exciting so thank you very much henry i'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions to put you on the spot a little bit so first and foremost uh, what would be your top travel tips for listeners to this podcast to be as sustainably conscientious as possible oh yeah um i would say try to pack lightly uh, even though it's difficult sometimes but uh, every garment kilo counts and reduces uh, the fuel burn um travel to the airport on a train maybe even on on the same ticket if if your airline has a good intermodal partner um, well, use compensation products as they come 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 out and um, compensate your 
your footprint in whatever shape, shape or form and maybe choose a plant-based food option while flying or um, uh, at the airport. Excellent. Thank you very much. And I would imagine in your role, you probably have to fly quite a lot. So I can't let you go without asking what your best on a flight story is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, obviously, in this industry, we also uh, spend some some time in our own product. And I think what I'm saying might might sound a bit cheesy, but I think despite sometimes you know using Wi-Fi options, I I usually really simply uh, enjoy this feeling of disconnection that a flight can still provide you uh, with. So whether it's you know just working on something you know without emails <laughs> continue pouring in. Or, you know, this this little bit the conversation uh, that you have with your seat neighbor without, you know, the feeling of either you or uh, him, her uh, being in a rush to, to to get to the next meeting. I, I feel in the meantime that has been uh, has become quite a unique surrounding and place. And um, that's what I what I still like about being in an aircraft. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well. Henry, that about wraps it up for us. So, uh, thank you so much for the for the excellent conversation. Uh, for everybody listening, if you're keen to find out more about the future of travel and work from experts around the world, you can subscribe to Business Travel on the Fly. It's available on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm.